0: All that we need is in you, Lord thank Jesus, and we thank you for it. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, men on the ground. So sweet that we can trust in you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. There's purpose in your plan, Lord. We thank you. There's healing in you, Lord. There's provision.
1: How many know the battles the lord's battle you don't gotta fight like the world you don't gotta get ugly like others you need to trust the lord and walk in love and continue in faith and give the battle to the lord and let him defend your cause and let him defend your good name he knows how to expose it he knows how to pull back the veil and he knows how to deal with the enemies of his people you believe that say amen Amen. God bless you you may be seated amen praise the Lord glory to God amen you really trust that you just walk in the spirit and don't get ugly like the world oh God's an awesome God hallelujah amen we understood that we could pray for our enemies Because we know God will deal properly with everyone. He gives mercy when mercy, he says mercy. He'll grant justice when he says time for a little justice. God is God all by himself. Amen? He doesn't need my advice. He just needs me to walk in obedience and trust. And let God be God. Somebody God's going to be God. Trust him. Amen? Give it to him. Don't let that thing give you another ulcer. Just give it to Jesus. Amen? Amen? Children, you're dismissed. Go ahead. They're dismissed. But I'm not going to turn out, Hallelujah. Yes, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I remember years ago as a young man, somebody done me wrong. No, it's not a country song, but somebody done me wrong. And, and I, it upset me. I'll never forget the Lord speaking to my heart. I says, son, you can deal with this if you want, and I'll just step back because I can't be part of that. But if you'll give it to me, I'll fight the battle for you. I never, God said, I won't be part of your flesh. That's what God was saying to me. I'm not going to be part of you acting ugly. Because that's not my expectation for my son. But if you'll give it to me, I'll take care of it. Amen? Just give it to Jesus. Continue to walk in love and faith, and he will take care of it. All right. That's not the sermon, but yeah, amen. 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 If you have your Bibles, if you would go to Judges chapter 15, chapter 15. We're in Act 3. We're doing a short series on the life of Samson. And this is Act 3. We're going to call it Lessons and Reminders. Lessons and Reminders. Judges 15, beginning with verse 9. The Bible says, The Philistines went up and camped in Judah, Spreading out near Lehi, and the people of Judah asked, Why have you come to fight us? We've come to take Samson prisoner, they said, to do to him like he did to us. Verse 11 Then 3,000 men from Judah went down to the cave in the rock of Edom and said to Samson, Don't you realize that the Philistines are rulers over us? What have you done to us? What a sad scripture. And he answered, I merely did to them what they did to me. And then they said, we've come to tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines. Wow! Samson says, swear to me you won't kill me yourselves. And they agreed and they answered, we'll only tie you up and hand you over to them. We won't kill you. So they bound him with two new ropes and led him up. From the rock, and as he approached Lehi, the Philistines came towards him, shouting, and the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson, and the ropes on his arms they became like charred flax, and the bindings just dropped off his hands. And finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. And then Samson, always a comedian, said, "With a donkey's jawbone, I've made donkeys of them." With the donkey's jawbone, I've killed a thousand men. He was a poet, too. When he finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone, and the place was called Ramoth-Lehi. Verse 18, because he was very thirsty now, exhausted, he cried out to the Lord, Lord, you've given your servant this great victory. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of these uncircumcised? And then God opened up a hollow place in Lehi and water came gushing out. And Samson drank, his strength revived, It returned, he revived. And the spring was called En-Hakor, Caller Spring, the spring of the caller, And it's still there in Lehi. Samson led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistines. Lessons and reminders. Father, speak to our hearts. Help us to glean the lessons and the reminders that we pick out of this story. We thank you for your word. Help us to understand it, apply it, live it out. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. We're in a short series on the life of Samson. It's recorded to us in the book of Judges. Now, the book of Judges, as we said, is a time of moral and spiritual compromise among the nation of Israel. The people of God were pretty much being absorbed into the world or the nations around them. They were losing their identity, they were losing their distinction, they were losing their divine purpose, and of course, they were losing their place of victory in their own land. The people were a law unto themselves. We said that there was no king at that time. There was no divine order. There was no divine authority. The people were a law unto themselves. And the Bible says a generation grew up that did not know the Lord, didn't know his holy standard, didn't know his mighty power, A generation grew up that didn't know the Lord personally, that didn't commit themselves to Him personally, and they were easily swayed and defeated. Because of this, they were overcome in the very land God called them to rule in, to reign in, to enjoy, to prosper in. We said act number 1 was verse 13, parents and promise. And we looked at Samson's beginning. Act 2, chapter 14, last week was seeds of triumph and seeds of tragedy. You see things that happened in Samson's life that he should have dealt with or he should have really burst into flame and developed. For 20 years later, those seeds bear fruit. Seeds always bear fruit if they're not repented of and dealt with. But this morning, Act 3, chapter 15, lessons and reminders. Lessons and reminders. And here, four verses stick out to me in this text that we want to share. Number one, verse 11 And it brings sadness. It brings sadness. Just, we're looking here. 3,000 men from Judah went down to the cave. And they said to Samson, Don't you realize the Philistines are rulers over us? What a sad statement. The people of God living well below their privilege in the Lord. Talk about a negative confession. Talk about the spirit of fear rather than the spirit of faith and the spirit of power. Choosing to compromise with the enemy. Instead of rising up and possessing their victory in the Lord. It kind of reminds you of the book of Numbers when those ten spies came back. And they said, we're not able. Well, I beg to differ. I believe if you're a child of God, you're able. Can you say amen? amen. You're able to win the victory. You're able to enter the land. You're able to put that devil to fight. Resist the devil. He'll flee. You're able. But because of spiritual complacency... And a casual attitude towards the things of God. They lost their fight. They lost their fervor. They lost their place. They lost their ability to discern God's instrument. Here God raises up Samson to bring deliverance and they're selling him out to the enemy. Can you imagine that? Couldn't even recognize the one God had brought into their life to get him out of that mess. Should have taken those thousands of men and joined Samson in the fight. But it brings sadness, verse 11. Now, verse 14 brings encouragement, great encouragement. Beautiful verse there. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. When that enemy roars, God's got a roar. Come on, say amen. When that enemy's got a mock, God's got a bigger mock. He who sits in the heavens laughs and then he mocks. That's in the Bible, Psalm number 2, I believe. Amen. But this reminds us of what you and I have at our disposal. As a Christian, you've been given all things pertaining to life and godliness. You have been given all the grace and power you need. You've got it. It's yours. You can take on any task. You can go through any storm by the Spirit of the living God that dwells within you. The Bible says you've been fully equipped to live for Jesus properly, fruitfully, victoriously. He has given us His Holy Spirit to make it so. That's why Paul was able to write in Galatians 2 and 20, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ lives in me. That's why the Christian, you can live regardless of what you're facing. You can fulfill the task regardless of what that task is. This is not by your own wit and it's not by your own strength. It's by the strength of God's spirit that dwells within you. And so again, this one brings great encouragement. Now verse 18 brings great reverence. You see in verse 18, after killing, A thousand men and knowing such a strong anointing and enjoying such a great victory. Now here's Samson and he's just thirsty and he's ready to be exhausted. He's ready to die. Great reverence. Reverence. It should remind us of our dependency in the Lord. It should produce within us a proper humility, a proper surrender and submission to the Lord. Samson goes from the mountaintop. I mean, that must have been something, having that anointing come on you and killing a thousand men. And now he's dying of thirst. He's exhausted, weak and weary as any man. From the mountaintop to the valley, for the best of men are just men at best. And Jesus said so clearly, without him, we can do nothing. That's the beautiful song, I need thee, I need thee. Amen. That's all of our songs. We need the Lord. Amen. Every step of the way, I need the Lord. You need the Lord. And even if we enjoy great victories, let them never get us a cocky head because we need to stay humble before the Lord. But Samson didn't get the message. Didn't learn the lesson. It cost him. It'll cost him down the road. Then verse 19, again, we see here great faithfulness. Great faithfulness because he cries out and God just opens up a well and refreshes his servant. You know, it shows you and I that help is but a breath away but a cry away, about a call away, only a prayer away. How did David say it? I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me, and he answered me out of his holy hill. I want to thank God that he hears our cries this morning. I want to thank God he hears your cry. Just a breath away. Deliverance is just a breath away. Breakthrough, just a breath away. A humbling of one's heart and a crying out of one's prayers to a God that his ears to hear and a mighty arm that still sets his people free. In our text, the Philistines are in control. And God's people were under their dominion. But it wasn't supposed to be that way. And we said last time, most sadder than this, most of the people were willing to accept it. Don't accept what God's not accepting. But when gradually God's people began to compromise convictions, disobey commandments, a spiritual erosion took place. A gradual wearing down of their strength, of their daring, of their courage, of their vitality. And a gradual pulling away of the hand of God's blessing and the hand of God's shielding. Because when we grieve the spirit, he resists the proud. And he draws back from those that don't seek him. Those that were ruling are now serving. Those who should be reigning in the promised land, without now bowing. the enemy of their souls. But God, praise the Lord, but God and his great love for his people refused to stand idly by. Aren't you glad that he did not stand idly by when you were lost, when you had strayed, when you had grown so frustrated you want to give up? Aren't you glad that he didn't stand idly by that one time where you were so close to say, forget everything. But in his mercy, he reached out to you. In his amazing grace, he got your attention. And he turned you around and he woke you up and he got you back in there. I thank the Lord. He loved us too much just to watch idly by without intervening to wake us up and turn us around and get us back on track when we're not there. Can you say amen? God would not stand idly by but instead he raised up Samson to bring the awakening to begin the deliverance of the people of God. Samson Act 3, lessons and reminders, gleaning forethought that stand out from these verses. So number one, verse 11, how about this? A broken people. A broken people. We, we read that. They're defeated. They're discouraged. Their will and spirit is broken. I mean, they could raise a couple thousand men to arrest Samson. Why can't you raise that group and fight the Philistines? Amen? I mean, they, they, you know, they're broken. They're, they're battered. Have you ever seen anyone that unfortunately got such a place mentally where they could break out if they wanted to, but they wouldn't even try because they were afraid to? I've seen people so oppressed when they were this tall that they didn't realize when they got this tall they didn't have to put up with it anymore, that they easily could have threw off that oppression, but they had been so broken on the inside. Oh, my, oh, my. The people of God had lost their faith. The people of God had lost their fight because they had forgotten their separation. They had lost their strength. They were made for better things. You are made for better things. They were God's people, and this was their land, yet broken to the point of losing their will to fight and stand and believe, to call on God, to stand on his word, to expect his deliverance, and to support what God was doing again. Here's their deliverer, and they're turning them over. They can't even recognize what God's doing. My friend, don't lose your fight. In this great fight of faith that we're in, to the very last breath we breathe, don't lose your fight. The Bible says, put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God and you just take your stand in God's strength against the enemy's attacks, against his attempts to turn you around or defeat your faith or mess up your family. You stand firm in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You stand firm in a faith that's willing to trust God and believe God and resist the enemy and you don't ever forget that the battle, it's the Lord's battle and if you'll stand for God, God will fight for you. If you'll trust his word, he'll come through for you oh somebody the battle is the lord's battle don't lose your fight instead you keep trusting the lord keep believing his promise keep walking in his love and don't ever forget if you fall down don't you dare stay down rise up in the grace of god rise up look up stand up but don't you ever give up because god is gonna finish the good work he began in you Oh my but they lost it, they lost their fight. Some people have been so defeated, you gotta pump them up, get them to believe. They became defeated, discouraged. A broken down people. But I want to talk to someone this morning, and I want to thank God that the broken don't have to stay broken. That the broken down don't have to stay broken. There is a bomb in Gilead. There is a healer of his people. His name is Jesus. He'll heal your mind. He'll heal your soul. He'll heal your marriage. Oh, it's a glorious thing. The Bible says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. 147 Psalm 147. In verse 3, he gathers the strays. He gathers those that have fallen. He gathers those that have shifted and then he heals the broken hearted and he binds up their wounds i said the broken don't have to stay broken god is the glory and the lifter of our heads jesus spoke of an anointing that heals brokenhearted hearted. And mans and restores damaged lives. And I want someone to know that anointing is still flowing today. That power and ministry of the Holy Spirit is still moving today. He can set you free of that addiction. He can set you free of that bitterness that won't seem to lose its hold on your heart. He can set you free and lift you up and put you back in the winner's circle. Can you say amen? He heals the broken. Some might be listening this morning. And you've been broken. You can fill in the blank. It might have been a failed marriage. A financial setback. A moral failure. A season of sickness. A family crisis. But I want you to know this morning that God still lifts up the fallen and mends the broken, that God still restores faith and God still revives fight so you can believe again and you can trust again and you can begin to walk again and sing again and go forth in the victory one more time most of us know that wonderful scripture from the psalm psalm 34 and 19 many are the afflictions of the righteous but the lord delivers him out of them all if you're a new believer this is one you want to get in your arsenal this is one you want to memorize and declare faithfully the bible says many are the of the righteous not the backslider that backslider's got worse problems than a few afflictions amen he's got a lot more problems we're talking about the believer we're talking about faithful men and women like you many are the afflictions of the righteous but hallelujah but the promise remains but the lord delivers us out of them all listen friend even the best of god's servants endure storms and have setbacks and have to fight battles they didn't see coming It's a fight of faith to the very end, so don't get discouraged. Don't think God has forgotten you or the enemy is just picking on you. Everyone has to fight this fight of faith until the very end. Even David, that great man of God, He's the one that wrote that verse. He is the one that was a man after God's own heart. He was the one that killed the giant. He was an anointed king, a psalm writer. But he wrote that many are the afflictions of the righteous. But I want to thank God this morning. The promise remains for you and for you and for you. But the Lord delivers us out of them all. Whatever hell throws against you, God's grace is able to help you stand having done on all to stand oh my you might be down but listen you don't got to stay down god has a better plan for you you might have fallen but you don't got to stay falling god has a better plan for you you might have given up but it's not too late to come back because god has a better plan for you Whew. god is still the defender and the deliverer of his people. And when we humble our hearts and cry out to his name. God still lifts us up in God. Still renews our strength and God. Even restores our song. And gives us that song of victory. A song of praise. Making us the victor. Not the victim. Can you say Amen. Mm. Oh Lord. We see number one a broken people. But I got good news. If you're broken, you don't got to stay broken. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a deliverer. Jesus is a mender of wounded and broken lives. But secondly, you don't got to stay broken because there's an anointed vessel. Oh, my, look at verse 14. That's the anointed vessel. What a thought. I love that. That, that Philistine began to shout. And God says, I got something for him. Oh, yeah. Don't let that, that enemy's attack get you timid. Let it bring out the giant killer in you. Amen? Let it restore the roar. Amen? Oh, devil. Should have messed with someone else. Should have went down to the Presbyterians. But oh, no. Don't mess with us, Lord. We're going to stand on that word. We're going to believe God's promise. My God, have mercy. Woo! You know the Holy Spirit, your battle, partner? In the book Healing the Masculine Soul, Gordon Dalby says, when Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as a helper, he uses a Greek word, paraclete. That word is actually used in the ancient, it was an ancient warrior's term. Greek soldiers went into battle in pairs. So when the enemy attacked, they could draw together back to back, covering each other's blind side. One's battle partner was his paraclete. Our Lord does not send us to fight this good fight alone. But the Holy Spirit is our battle partner who covers our blind side and fights for our well-being. Can you say amen? Oh, whatever it is that you need. Remember, friend, it's not by human might or power or scheming, but it's by God's Spirit, saith the Lord. If you need wisdom, if you need strength, if it's courage, peace, provision, if you need a comforter, if you need a counselor, if you need a cleansing, it's by God's Spirit who's available to you. And in fact, because of the Holy Spirit's ministry, his present ministry, you who know the Lord, you can declare, I am an anointed vessel. The Bible says you received an anointing from the Holy One. We're not looking for, if we have Christ, we have his Spirit. We have his anointing to live this life. The enemy doesn't want you to know what you possess. Oh, he doesn't want you to know the great salvation you have. He doesn't want you to know that you can stand on God's word and walk by God's power, that you can be more than a conqueror. Oh no, he wants you not to know all you have in Christ. He doesn't want you to believe the great and precious promises that are yours. He doesn't want you to understand that greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. He wants you to think back to who you used to be and think back of what you used to do instead of realizing who you are now since Jesus came in into your life you know many traits of Samson we could do without but this one is certainly one we should copy and reach for like Samson we who know the Lord we have been empowered by God's spirit and we need to believe this and we need to live like it's so That's faith. Believing what God has said is true and living like it's so. I love it. The heavenly helper, the heavenly enabler has given you and I, has given you and I, we possess power to live this life, power to do God's works, power To overcome every enemy to deal effectively with every situation you've been empowered not just for yourself but you've been empowered like samson to bring deliverance to others you've been anointed like samson to help others to bring encouragement and comfort and hope to others you have the spirit you have the word god has given you the opportunity to be his ambassador to be his vessel to be his warrior And he says, use what I've given you and touch your world for my glory. Familiar verses. Maybe you're young in the Lord and you don't know these verses. Romans 8 and verse 11. The Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Where does he dwell? Wow. Someone's got to live like they believe that. 1 John 4 and 4, and write it down, new believer. 1 John 4 and 4, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The spirit thats we watch the TV, you watch that crazy news, can't even handle that stuff. This world is so sick. This world is so defiled. This world is so fallen. And you look at it, it makes you want to grieve. But you know what? As wicked as that spirit is out there, there's a greater spirit within you, the spirit of the living God. My Lord, have mercy. Regardless how bad it gets out there, you'll always have a greater power in presence of God within here. Acts 1 and 8, Jesus said to his disciples, you shall receive. And if you got the baptism, you can say, I have received power after the Holy Spirit has come upon me. Has he come upon you? Then you got power to testify, to live for Christ, to do the works of Christ, and to live as more than a conqueror. Verse 14, it's a beautiful verse. The enemy assaults. The enemy tries to intimidate and overwhelm, but the Spirit of God enables us to stand, having done all to stand. And we have been given power to live. You got it. Work it. Exercise it. Amen? Amen. Nothing worse than struggling and the whole time you had it out in the garage. Oh, my You're struggling in human strength. You're struggling with with the human will. And the whole time you have the ability to tap into heaven's arsenal and to walk in a greater measure of grace than you ever dreamed. We've been given power to live in a fallen world. Yet you and I that know the Lord, that live humbly before the Lord and seek Him, we can live properly and effectively as Christians in this fallen world. We can walk with Christian composure, character, confidence, conduct. Christ-like living in a sin-loving world. We can live for Christ. We've been given the power of God's Spirit to help us live, but also to help us serve. I love that motto, saved to serve. We weren't just saved to hold on and go to heaven someday. We were saved so we could do something with our lives for Jesus this day. And he gives us his spirit to enable us to do so. We've been saved to serve. Power to serve. To be used of God to touch others. To be used of God to work and witness for the Lord. To carry out and fulfill your ministry, but friend, you have a ministry and God has given you his spirit to carry it out. God has given you a unique anointing and enabling so you can do the works God's chosen for you to do and you can be fruitful as you walk this walk of faith. Samson through the power of the Holy Spirit defeated the enemy and so can you regardless of what your enemy is. So stay filled and yielded to the Spirit of God. Stay saturated with the Word of God. Stay strong in faith because you are an anointed vessel of the Lord. We see about a broken people they didn't have to stay broken. We read about an anointed vessel and we found out, you know what? If you're born again and you've got the Spirit of God, then you are an anointed vessel. And the same power that raised Jesus dwells in you. So you can walk in that and use that and trust that. Number three, we see heaven's reminder. Heaven's reminder, oh boy. Heaven's reminder. Verse 18, after that awesome victory, that mighty triumph, he gets very thirsty and he gets exhausted. You know, you can go from one minute doing the miraculous, the next minute you're just about dying. Because when God withholds his hand of grace, we're nothing, aren't we? Anybody? That's a lesson here. He didn't get it. You know, remember, Samson missed the message. Remember? I remember last week we asked the question, have you ever had a close call? We followed it up. Did you learn from it? Did you change anything because of it? Did you ever have close call. Did you learn from it? Did you change anything because of it? Heaven's reminder. Heaven's reminder. I read a funny story, and it's supposed to be funny, so laugh when you're supposed to laugh. I read a funny story (laughs) about when FDR was president. Franklin Delano Roosevelt was president. And you know, as a president, it seems like they have a, a, a hundred of those state dinners and banquets and there's are always something in some, some dignitaries coming or something special and they have those what long reception lines that so the president has to stand and you got to greet seeming like a zillion people right just shake hands and, and so on and so forth so smile and shake smile and shake not like those greeters back there amen no smile and shake smile and shake well one time at franklin roosevelt decided he wanted to find out if anyone even heard what he was saying to them after a while, he's saying, I said five million times, you know, whatever he was saying. And so he decided, I'm going to see if anyone's getting the message, hearing what I'm saying. So as each person came up to him with an extended hand, you know, he flashed that famous big smile of his, and he says, I just backed up over my mother-in-law this morning. And people would automatically just respond with comments like, Oh, how lovely, Mr. President, or keep up the good work, Mr. President. Nobody listened to what he was saying. They all missed the message. Samson missed the message. Been in ministry as long as I have. A lot of times people miss the message. But then finally, one foreign diplomat, when the president put that smile on, stuck out his hand and said, I backed up over my mother in law this morning. The diplomat responded very softly, I'm sure she had it coming. <laughs> Don't look at your mother in law. She's here. Amen. (laughs) I'm sure she had it coming. Amen. Oh, Lord. Thank God for His grace. We all had it coming, didn't we? Thank God for His mercy. But this is Heaven's reminder. It, It seems like God makes sure He balances our lives. This was a reminder. I mean, he goes from one thing, the Spirit of God comes on him. They tie him up, his own people. Took a couple thousand just to make sure. So he submits, they tie him up. The enemy comes shouting, and the Spirit of God comes on him. I mean, he goes to war. I don't know what that was like, but it must have been some kind of experience. Talk about the height of feeling power. But then within moments of the victory, he's so exhausted. he feels like he's going to die and pass out. And it'll be easy, pray for the enemy. You can go from the mountaintop to the valley real quick. Don't forget who your source is. Don't forget who the one that gave you the victory really is. You see, this was a reminder. And it was meant to teach Samson a lesson He was to learn dependency, humility, caution, warning. He says, take heed, listen, Samson, deal with this. Remember this. But he missed the message and didn't get the point. We pray, Lord, help us to stay teachable. Help me, Lord, to learn and to listen and to change when I need to change. To get the message sooner rather than later. Help me, Lord, to learn to adjust and change from my experiences, whether good or bad, whether victory or defeat. Note again, with God's strength, mighty acts. With our strength, exhaustion. God at times will remind us of our weakness, It's if he's saying, Do I have your attention now? And hopefully our response is, Lord, speak your servant listens. What are you trying to teach me, Lord? I want to learn the lesson sooner rather than later. God tries to remind us stay close to me. Give me the glory. Stay obedient. Be humble. Lean on me. Trust in me and not yourselves. Again, here's a lesson we can glean from this. Had Samson prayed like this for character, not just when he was in a desperate situation, things would have turned out much differently, wouldn't they? We never would have got to next week, which was Delilah. Never would have got there. Had to learn any of the lessons along the way that God allowed to come to teach him. Don't get cocky. Don't think you can do things your way, and I'm always going to bail you out. Stay humble before the Lord. Do things God's way. Amen? How many know there's a difference between a crisis Christian and a consistent Christian? Isn't that right? There's a difference between a crisis Christian and a consistent Christian. Crisis, you'll you'll show up when there's a crisis. They'll pray with a crisis, but consistent, it's your habit. It's what you do. You serve the Lord. You love the Lord. You honor God's house. You do your devotion. Consistent Christians. Amen? Didn't say perfect. I'd say consistent. But some are just crisis. Some are just crisis. A broken people. An anointed vessel. Heaven's reminder. Heaven's refreshing. And again, you see in verse 19 how beautiful it is. And God heard his cry. And he opens up a hollow and releases waters of refreshing. Friend, when you get weary, when you get thirsty, when you feel like life has exhausted you, all you got to do is call. All you got to do is humble your heart, call upon the Lord. All you got to do is come to him, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. He knows what you need. He knows just how to minister to you. Listen, we don't always know how to minister one to another because life is complex. Life is not always superficial. Life is hard and life is confusing. But the Lord knows exactly how to minister to you regardless of what you're going through. He knows you and He loves you and He can minister to you in just the perfect way. He can speak to you just the perfect word. He can minister in a way where you'll get it just the way you need to get it. God God is a good God. And if you're weary, if you're exhausted, don't give in to the flesh. Don't give up on God. Humble your heart and call upon the Lord. He'll open a river of refreshing. He'll meet you right where you are. He'll refresh you. He'll revive you. He'll restore you. And he'll speak a good word of counsel into your soul. Can you say amen? Amen. Rivers of refreshing, only a cry away. Jesus said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Just come and drink. Come and drink. For there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. And if you'll just wait upon the Lord, he'll renew your strength, he'll revive your faith, he'll put you back on your feet, he'll minister grace to the area of your hurt. Oh my, oh my, my, here's a key. Here's a key for overcoming, finish the race, Christianity. Practice and keep drawing near to God. Make it your practice, make it your devotion to get into his presence, to get into his word again and again and again. Keep crying out, keep casting your cares, keep calling on the Lord, keep humbling your heart. He'll give you the grace you need to meet it, greet it, defeat it and go on in God. Keep receiving. The peace of God that help you live in the stress-filled world. The wisdom of God that'll help you make proper decisions in a confusing, complex world. The comfort of God that knows how to minister to each one of us because we all get hit. We all take lumps. We all get blows. Come on, say amen. Things happen in our lives, in our family, in our loved ones. we all hurting. We're all bruised. You can't go out in battle and not get some bruises. But God has a healing oil. If you draw near, draw near, draw near, draw near. Anybody need a fresh filling? Draw near and drink. Humble your heart and cry out to God. There's daily bread. There's daily spiritual hydration. To live this life and to minister, receive from God. You know it's a beautiful thing how Jesus said it in John seven and thirty seven. If anyone thirst, we thirst. We get weary, we get exhausted, we start getting dehydrated. We thirst. We want more. We thirst. If anyone, you got to thirst. If you're not thirsting, you're not going to come. If you're not thirsting, you're not going to receive. But if you're thirsting, he said, if anyone thirsts, all right, I'm thirsty. Anybody thirsty? I want more. I want more. Sometimes life hits you with a tornado, and I need more. Amen? Knocks the wind right out of you, okay? Knocks the song right out of you. Knocks the concur. Right? I, 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 if anyone thirsts, let him come. Jesus said, let him come unto me. And drink. If you're thirsting, second step, you come. Come. Come to Jesus. Anyone thirsty, come to me and drink. Receive from God. 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 Get in His presence and yield your heart, yield your soul. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up. Amen. Open yourself up to God. Don't be like the child that doesn't want to eat. You know, almost got to put that peas in it, you know, like that. And I see some people come to an altar and I want to yell, Loosen up! Receive. Receive. But here it is. This is beautiful. This is it. Something about the Spirit of God. Jesus said, Let anyone who thirsts, let them come unto me and drink. And as the scripture has said, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Do, do, do you see the two ways these rivers are flowing? First they flow into us. Then they flow out of us. <laughs> First we draw near because we're thirsty and we're weary. And we know we need the Lord to live this life and to deal with what we have to deal with. But, but don't, don't we're not reservoirs, are we? We're not just going to keep it in. You know what I mean? We, we're, we're channels that release it. Samson didn't just have that anointing so Samson could have an anointing. He had an anointing to bring deliverance to the people of God. And let's receive so we can release. Wow. Mm. Broken people. Lessons and reminders. broken people. They didn't have to stay broken. And you don't have to stay broken. There's healing in Jesus' name. But secondly, an anointed vessel. And it's a picture of the believer. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, giving us the power we need to live this life and to do the works of God. Heaven's reminder, God will allow warnings to come in our lives. Let's get the message, amen? Let's get the message. Let's get it the first time. I don't know about you, but I know, God, if I get it the first time, the second time gets harder. You know what I mean? So the sooner I get it, the easier it is on me, the easier it is. It's just, uh, Amen. I'll tell you a quick story. I, this, I want you to get this how God speaks to us, and then I'll get back to that last point, and we'll pray and close. My pastor, one of my churches, one of my one of my dearest men. If he's with, the, if he's alive today, he's in his nineties. Great man of God, and um, he was one of the most popular, sought after contractors in that whole region of New York. If a realtor was to sell a house if he built it his name was there this was built by one of the best men in our church him and his wife godly people and he knew we had some good talks about the things of god because again they're just spiritual wonderful people and he knew and we would joke around he knew i didn't know the left-handed hammer from a right-handed hammer he knew that and so he was testifying one day he says pastor when we were starting off this business years ago and god began to want to deal with me want to speak to about the importance of getting out and getting my kids out on Wednesday night, I kind of resisted a little bit. starting this business. You're working for yourself, you working constantly. There are no punching clocks here. You working day and night before computers. I'm drawing up the plans. I'm, you know I'm just like, forget it. I'm doing it all. We're just you know, but God's kept dealing with me. It's important. See, down the road, one of his sons became a wonderful preacher of the gospel kids came to know God, became in the church. Might not have happened and obey God. But God kept dealing. I was putting it off until he goes, I don't know how to explain this to you, Pastor. I was finishing up a job at a house, and I had to do something with the plumbing system in one of the sinks. That He goes, I, go, I know you don't understand this, but it is so easy. I've done hundreds of them before, hundreds of them, thousands since, that I could do it in my sleep. I could do it with my eyes closed. And I sat there for almost 20 minutes, and I couldn't get this thing straight. And after all 15 minutes, I was like, I don't believe I've been doing this since I was 15 years old. I heard God speak again to my heart. Are you going to start coming out on Wednesday night and bring your kids? If not, things can get a lot harder. I said, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry that I've been wrestling with you over this. I will make Wednesday nights a priority for me and my kids unless it's an absolute emergency. I went down in about 30 seconds. Boom, 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 boom. It's done. But I never, God, God, got his attention, didn't he? And we all are different, but God knows how to get our attention. And as a pastor, I just plead with you. God's a good God. But don't mess with his grace. Don't, don't mess with his grace. If he's trying to teach you something, say, Lord, help me to learn the lesson here. Help me to make the change here. Amen. He knows how to talk to all of us. We're all different. Amen. He knows how to communicate to all different types of people. But when God speaks to you, say, Lord, help me to get the lesson. Amen. And make the change. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God. Now, see, if that was me, it wouldn't be anything special. It would take me a half hour to do a job someone else can do in two minutes. But God knows. See, God knows how to deal with us. And the last, Heaven's Refreshing. Heaven's Refreshing is still available. So if you hear it today and you just need a fresh feeling as we pray, let people pray with you. Just pray in the spirit a bit and let people pray with you and just get a fresh feeling to get back out there and live this life of faith. Amen? Go ahead, stand with me. Let's close in prayer. If you're here today and for any reason you need to make a fresh surrender to the Lord, a fresh commitment, please do so. If you're here today and you've never received Christ personally, you're invited to come and someone will pray with you. And you can receive Christ and know your sins are forgiven and your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If you're here today and you just need a fresh filling, just like most of us, you're doing your best. That's why you're here. You're doing your best. You're fighting the fight. You're trying to grow in the Lord, and this life is a fight of faith. And just fighting obediently for the Lord can exhaust us and drain us. That's the way it is. So if you're here today, and you just need refreshing. May this altar be a place where the river flows, and the saints can come and drink and receive refreshing from His table. If you need a prayer, if you need to be touched physically, come and we'll believe God to do mighty things. Amen? All right, let's bow our hearts. Father, we thank you for the lessons and examples from Samson's life. Help us, Lord, to be teachable sons and daughters. And Lord, please use us to do your will in your works. Use each one of us. Help each one of us to touch others, to fulfill our ministry, the ministry you've given each one. And Lord, help us to stay filled and fresh strong in spirit strong in devotion and now I pray Father in the name of Jesus Father please move powerfully at this altar touch us and speak to us touch us and speak to us Father in the name of Jesus touch us and speak to us at this altar Father release the power of your spirit heal people physically Comfort people emotionally. Fill afresh those that are thirsty and weary and just need a new drink of the river of life. In the name of Jesus, dear God, draw us unto yourself and touch us with your power. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. If you need any prayer,